Hello, and it's another episode of Vipers Voices, the podcast of the Desert Vipers, as the squad moves towards its first match of Season 2 of the DP World ILT20 against the Abu Dhabi Knight Riders on Sunday, January the 21st. And in this episode, after a training session two days out from that opening encounter, we speak with Vipers head coach, James Foster. We caught up with James after a session at the ICC Academy and we touched on a whole range of subjects, from the comings and goings of players that will affect the Vipers and every other squad in this tournament, the warm-up match against the Dubai Capitals, the arrivals of Dan Lawrence and Alex Hales, who were both at their first Vipers sessions of the season on Friday, and lots more besides. It's an engaging and insightful chat and you won't want to miss it. But before we hear from James, a reminder as ever that tickets are on sale for all Vipers matches this season, starting with that opener against the Abu Dhabi Knight Riders. You can get hold of your tickets through the league's website www.ilt20.ae or at any Virgin Megastore in the UAE. Now, let's hear from James. James, thanks very much for being with us. The first question has to be, two days out from the game, how is everything looking? I'm really pleased with um, where the whole team and squad and franchise are at. Um, we've had a really good session. Uh, we've been together since probably the 13th. Coaches sort of came in from the 12th and players have gradually started dripping in almost at the full quota. Um, a couple more flying tonight, which we're thoroughly looking forward to seeing and welcoming. Um, but it's just been a really good build-up. Some good, solid practice. Intensity has been absolutely spot on. A little bit of, of rest thrown in as well. Um, and two, day, uh, two days out, um, boys are very excited. Um, it's going to be an interesting tournament. Really looking forward to this tournament. Um, some quality teams. Personally, I mean, I, I feel like everyone's really strengthened this season, as we have. So it's going to be a, a, a very tough series. The warm-up match against the Dubai Capitals ended in defeat. What can you and, and the players take from that match? Oh, I just I thought it was a really good workout. I mean, for both sides, but in particular for us, a um, bit of sort of time on, on on everyone's feet, uh, working together as a unit out in the field. We played around about sort of fourteen players in in the game. Got some good exposure. Um, you don't want to sort of overdo it necessarily with giving guys too many overs but it's just really what they needed to be ready come that first game I thought there was a lot of positives with the bat and with the ball um, a little bit of hustle in the field um, so yeah two more days to go um, till the first game thoroughly excited boys are revved up how much of a handicap is it that uh, a lot of players have come in late are coming in late uh, both in terms of your ability to create and foster that uh, atmosphere that existed last season and also in terms of practicalities, I guess, in, in preparing? Look, I mean, I think it's quite normal in franchise cricket, to be honest. Um, it happens, you know, guys are very comfortable with that. As a coaching staff, we're very comfortable with that. Um, it's pretty much the norm. Yes, it's nice to be, have the whole squad for five, six days leading in, but it just doesn't happen these days. Um, and also... The real upside as well, we've got a huge 
um, core from last year. So guys are just sort of slotting straight back in. So it hasn't been a problem at all. Are you concerned by the expected comings and goings in terms of continuity or, or is it just a, a fact of life in this tournament that every team has to deal with? And I guess it's whoever copes best with that will probably enjoy success because it seems certainly looking from the outside in that there's going to be a lot more comings and goings for all the teams this season in comparison to season one. Yeah, true. Um but again, it's kind of quite normal in a way with franchise cricket, with how that happens. Um, but it's, again, there's something that we've addressed as a group today with a sort of mention about that and not to be shocked or, or confused by that. Um, but the great thing is we've got some quality players and we've got play, uh, players going away for a little bit, then they'll come back in. Um, and again, we've got a big core who understand what we tried to create last year as, as um, an environment within the squad. Um, and there's that sort of awareness today that we've addressed that. It's, it's not really a big deal personally, um, I don't think. Um, so it's important that players are aware and then we can just manage it as, uh, as, as it unfolds. Now, since the warm-up match against the Dubai Capitals, Alex Hales and Dan Lawrence have arrived. Let's talk about them both. Alex was the leading run scorer in the tournament last season, but it was a tournament of two halves for him. He was electric in the first part and then he came back to the field in the second half of the uh, DP World ILT20. Is there anything you can do to ensure he stays on song throughout the tournament or any lessons learned by you or him about that? Look, I mean, as, as you said, it was a leading run scorer last year. Sometimes that's the nature of the beast in, in cricket and also in T20 cricket. Sometimes you're hot and sometimes you're not quite where you want to be. But Alex contributed on and off the pitch last year really um, contribute with it with with the environment that we're trying to create um, he's in a really good headspace he really has had a really nice chat with him today he's really raring to go he's excited about this season he's had a nice time in Australia and he's looking forward to sort of three four really strong weeks here and Dan Dan Lawrence someone you played with at Essex he, he had great numbers in the T20 blast and the 100 last summer uh, arrives after a spell with the Melbourne Stars what are you expecting from him I'm I'm really excited about Dan. You know, I've known him since he was 16 years old. Um, I've I've had the privilege to watch him sort of grow up in with with his cricket and grow up not just with his cricket, but his you know his his life. Um, he's a fine young man and a fine player. So he's got all the credentials to be an absolute star in this format. It's, it's probably been, he's probably been quite unlucky after over the last few years because he hasn't had as much to. 20 cricket outside of England as he probably would have liked with being involved in the test setup. Um, unfortunately for him, he missed out on this Indian tour. So when that, once we as a franchise were aware of that, we sort of got on the phone to him to see if he'd be interested to join us. And he'd heard good things about the franchise from last year from a few of his mates who were in the setup. Absolutely delighted with what he can offer on and off the pitch, on the pitch, obviously not just his batting, but also his bowling. Does it surprise you he hasn't played white ball cricket for England because he's such a destructive batter, isn't he? Look, he is, you know, I, I think he's an absolute star. I mean, it's it's a tough format to get into in that England side, 100%. Um, but he's obviously had a really nice campaign for the stars in, in the BBL. I'm really thoroughly looking forward to seeing what he can achieve for us this season. You mentioned his bowling. What sort of an asset could that be for the Vipers in this tournament? It's, it's an unusual action he's got. Uh, he's an effective off-spinner, though. I know he said to me uh, previously on Vipers Voices that uh, he, he hasn't bowled as much as he would have liked over the last couple of years because of the presence of Simon Harmer at Essex. 
But uh, he really could offer something, couldn't he? Yeah, he will. Um, you know, he'll definitely get some bowling for sure. He's, uh, I believe, a very underrated bowler. He's a very canny bowler. He's one of those guys, obviously, his batting is his frontline skill set. So he thinks like a batter when he's bowling, which I think is a real asset. Um, and he's just someone who just loves the occasion as well in those big moments, getting thrown a ball. He doesn't get over overawed, not just with the ball, but also with the bat. He sort of sees it as a real sort of challenge and he gets excited by it. So I'm thrilled to see what, what he can achieve for us this season. Talk to us about the super sub rule that's come in for this season. There's a little bit of responsibility on the head coach to implement it, isn't there? Yeah, look, I mean, it's it's something where you look at the balance of your side, see which way you, you might want to stack it, but also in the same breath, you might have to adapt during the game you know, in case a certain situation arises, whether that's being in a really strong or weak position in the game or whether if there's an injury, then I guess you can have that flexibility to, to, to rearrange the pack, so to speak. Could it be the death of the all-rounder in this format? Potentially, yeah. Just explain a little bit to our listeners and viewers as well about why that is, because I guess it's a case of all of a sudden, if you've picked a side with an extra batter in, you can replace it with a bowler, and and then if you've picked a side with an extra bowler and you can replace it with a batter, that's basically it, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's just just as you explained it there. So it's... um you know, it's, it's it's been around a little bit over the last sort of twelve months or so. Um, it's like like you say, you you don't necessarily need to have that all rounder who can really balance your side. You can get your balance by having that twelfth player. Talking of all rounders, Tom Curran's injured, so he's not going to be with the, the Vipers uh, in this season, which is a a big loss for you, obviously, given the contribution he made with bat and ball in season one. But looking with the glass half full, is that an opportunity for the likes of Ali Nasir and uh, Baz Leda to step up? Absolutely. I mean, it's, I mean, look, I mean, first of all, we're absolutely devastated for Tom. Um, you know, he's been in red hot form for a long period of time now. We're super excited to bring him back. You know, and I've, look, I've been mentioning this quite a lot in this interview, but it wasn't just what he brought on the pitch, um, as it happened with a lot of our players. It's what he brought his energy and intensity and fun and enjoyment off the pitch as well um, so he'll be hugely missed and we obviously wish him a you know, speedy recovery with you know, injury in situations like that it gives opportunity to others and um, those you know, the two guys you mentioned there, Bass and Ali, it, it, it presents opportunities Well talking of opportunities, last season Gus Atkinson came from obscurity to be one of the breakout stars of the tournament and now he's off with England so that's the progress he's made in the last 12 months. Can you predict a breakout uh, player for the Vipers this time? Yeah, There's there's some quality players within our setup Um, so it's going to be very difficult for me to choose one I mean you touched on Gus there and if if you look back on his last 12 months it's been meteoric with, with the way he's just progressed his game obviously saw a lot of potential and talent in him and initially he was probably one of our net bowlers actually and then but obviously we knew what we what he had and then the staffs are allowed to grow so he got upgraded with one of a better phrase and then when he was here during the training phase you're like wow like this guy is quick he's different he can field he can actually hit a really big ball he actually didn't really get many opportunities with the bat and absolutely delighted to see the way his career has just absolutely flown. Um, and that's as a, as a Vipers franchise. You know, we're absolutely delighted to see these guys. Yes, we'd love them to, to, for Gus to be back with us this year. But ultimately, it's also then the bigger picture. We're trying to grow and develop these players and working with the coaching staff that 
he, he will be rubbing shoulders with here with here it's you know it's and, and also when he goes back home with the coaches he's got there his, his game is just in a great great place now your left arm heavy again in the pace attack this season as you were last season Sheldon Cottrell this time Mohamed Amir Luke Wood Shaheen Sharafridi what is the thinking there is there any science or numbers behind the the the, the push towards left armers well it's just quality bowlers it's, it's really as simple as that and sometimes when you have a team full of right armers, nothing really gets mentioned and all of a sudden you get a team full of lefties and people are like, oh, what's the theory behind that? I mean, I do actually think the numbers are actually better as a lefty and as a whole, but it's the quality that we possess and hence the reason we're absolutely delighted with what we've got. You know, that angle, the potential swing that may be on offer, you know, obviously we're going to have to just adapt and see what's in front of us. But we've got some really, you know, high-class wicket-taking options, is, which is what you want, you know, as a as a coach, you want to be aggressive with the ball, you want to create chances, you want to take wickets up front to try and put as much pressure on, on that middle order. Talk to us about the first opponents then, uh, James Abu Dhabi Knight Riders, Laurie Evans, he's off the back of great form for Perth Scorchers, they've got Andre Russell and Sonny on the Rhine back, they've got hold of David Willey, who's just retired from uh, England duty, and, and he'll have a point to prove, no doubt about that plus plenty more, on paper, they look pretty formidable. Look, I, they're a quality outfit. You know, all the names you mentioned there are proper, proper players. So it's going to be a lot of hard work. You know, I think, I think as I touched on earlier, all the squads this year feel like they've really strengthened, as, as we have. But all, but all the teams look like they've been really smart with who they've uh, recruited. Um, and it's going to be uh, a, a, an awesome battle come, come the 21st. So, are you nervous, excited, a combination of the two or something else as we move towards this first game? Just excited, to be honest with you. Like, it's, it's, you know, it's, we've put a lot of hard work in from behind the scenes. Um, sometimes that sort of hard work you probably don't really notice in particular, like Moods and Tom Moody and, and Phil Oliver have been working tirelessly from um, in different parts of the globe, sort of in, in regular contact. Um, and now we're here it's great to be back we had a wonderful time last year it was a brilliant experience we're just hoping for uh, something very similar this year as well James Foster the head coach of the Desert Vipers just like everyone else connected with the side looking forward to that opening encounter with the Abu Dhabi Knight Riders And that's it for another episode of Vipers Voices. Please feel free to give us any feedback or thoughts on the podcast. You can do that via email at media at thedesertvipers.com and you can get all the latest news from the Vipers at the team's website, thedesertvipers.com or via all the major social media platforms. Don't forget, too, that tickets are on sale for all Vipers matches and can be purchased via the ILT20 website or at any Virgin Megastore in the UAE. We'll be back soon with more updates as the Vipers' first match is now within touching distance. But in the meantime, this is Brian Murgatroyd saying, as ever, thanks so much for listening.